0: The island is in the past. I want to show you the future. Blue's DNA will form the architecture of a completely
1: new creature.
2: What is that thing? They made it.
1: There's a town five miles from here. If we don't shut this
0: down, everything changes. Blue!
3: PG 13 hey everyone this is Rico and you're listening to another uh, podcast oh wait a second I think I'm kind of uh have to dial down the volume of the mic a little oh that's maybe too low I don't know good enough right <laughs> no this is Rico and this is trex Inside sci five episode podcast episode five six five six seven eight no sorry wow a rough start uh 687 for June 17th. 2018. It's Father's Day. Happy uh, Father's Day to everybody out there who's a father, who's ever been a father, uh, who's going to be a father soon, like my son, my oldest son, and in, in August. And uh, yeah, Happy Father's Day, everyone. Uh, to all the dads out there. Um, on today's uh, podcast, before I can before I babble on any further, we're gonna do a classic style, my classic style show that I try to get out, uh, maybe. I don't think it's been once a month lately, but which means usually means I'm going to look at an older Trek episode. This time, uh, a TNG episode. It's been a while since I covered a TNG episode. We're going to look at the episode "Lessons." I'll tell you more about that coming up. Uh, probably play the episode, comment uh, like I have uh, many times in the past about that sh- that particular episode show of TNG. Uh, you heard a little trailer TV spot for uh, Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park falling. Fallen Kingdom, gosh, I can't talk today. It's terrible. Uh, and that is out next Friday, June 22nd. Looking forward to that. I also saw Incredibles 2 yesterday with uh, my wife Lynn, and I'll, I'll briefly do a little spoiler-free on that. Not that everyone really is much going to be much surprised that it's a fun, another fun Pixar movie. Uh, but um, yeah, that that and more here on Treks in Sci-Fi. Let's do this thing.
1: My name is Optimus Prime. I am the futurist of Borg. Resistance is futile. Yes, Jedi's strength flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. But it's a gold oh, alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that.
3: This is uh, Reach Gold, and you're listening to Treks and Sci-Fi. All right, it's Sunday. It's Father's Day. It's Sunday morning. It's time to do a podcast. I uh, I got up uh, a little early today, you know, and I had every intention of uh, I'll, you know get up, have a little food, take a quick shower, and, and get right into the podcast, but it's already 10.30. I don't know how that happened, and I was up by 7, 7.30 today, which is ridiculous for a weekend, I but um, during the summertime, I, I don't know about everyone listening uh, or people out there. I, I'm one of those kind of people that I'm kind of like a plant, I think, that uh, it, it's hard for me to sleep when when there's a lot of daylight already, right? You know, the during the summer in Michigan, it gets a uh, light very early. I think the sun is coming up about 5:30 maybe in the morning, 5-ish, 5:30. Uh, uh, we're almost heading to the longest day right now, you know, at the end of June, the start of summer will be the longest day as in longest daylight. Not longest day. That's really not a good way to say that, right? The, the most daylight we have in one 24-hour period is is the proper way to say that, science way to say that. Not the longest day, like it's 24 and a half hours. <laughs> That'd be good, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if we have longer days at parts of the year if we needed it? Um, but so, so daylight makes me pretty much wake up. Uh, I occasionally, if I'm really tired, I'll sleep in oh, oh, all the way till like eight on a weekend. Here's some, you know, real inside stuff. I don't know if I've ever talked too much about this in all the years of doing the podcast, but yeah, I, I, I don't. I probably only average about 6 6 hours maybe a little bit more sometimes uh of sleep a night. Probably could use more, but my I think my body has become so accustomed and my brain has become so accustomed to that. Um during the week, yeah, is certainly that. The weekends I get a little bit more usually. So, wow, enough about sleep patterns for Rico. <laughs> Uh what do we want to talk about today? You know, a lot of a lot of geeky things going on. One thing one thing I wanted to say, I, I know I've said it before a few times, but we're only now about a month away, which is crazy to me. It seemed like it was so far off a, a while back, not that long ago, but I am going to be out this year for the first time ever at San Diego Comic-Con, the big, you know, mega palooza. <laughs> Uh, comic, con, yeah, I guess it's a comic convention, but it's mostly a, a, a nerd fest, geek fest, entertainment fest, uh, a lot of uh, people, a lot of costumes, cosplay, a lot of stuff to buy, a lot of exclusives, panels that you can't get into, bad food, con crud, you know, I'm just looking forward to the whole experience, Uh, really looking forward to seeing Kenny uh, and and any of his friends or whoever else happens to be out there. I'm going to try to connect up with a few podcasters that maybe that I have met and maybe some that I haven't met. So I'm going to really, really try and I'm planning on trying to cosplay a little bit. I'm going to be there most of the days. I am probably going to do a little cosplay and a little, you know, muggle, uh, as the anomaly ladies say, Uh, maybe maybe one of the, one of the days, split it, split it a little bit. I'd like to at least cosplay like one or two days, but it's uh, traveling and cosplaying is is a tricky one, especially when you're flying. And on top of that, the, the my biggest concern right now, I got to ask Kenny about this, but um, one of the biggest things about cosplaying is almost any costume you wear is very warm. And, and in California in, in July, I'm guessing it, you know, I li- used to live in California a long time ago, for a few years, and I know enough. You know, since that time, since you know, it's going to be hot, right? And, and and even though most of it's inside, I know it bleeds out into the outside quite a bit, especially the costume people. Uh, so, I mean, I'm going to probably wear a few things that I've worn before. I was trying to put something new together. I don't know if that's going to happen yet. Uh, I I've I've slacked off, been really busy with work, so it it. I haven't had a really chance to do much uh, along that front, so it may be some um, things that I've done before. So maybe two days cosplay, two days not, something like that. But I th- I, I'm, I'm really don't want to be hot, like super hot especially. I mean, I'm assuming inside they have pretty darn good air conditioning. I mean, when you get a lot of people inside any place when it's hot out, it can be a little tricky for that. But uh, I think they... Uh, I'm sure that they handle that pretty well. So inside... Should be in pretty good shape. My hotel's a few miles away. I'm going to try to take, I think there's a shuttle. Uh, I know there's a shuttle actually from my hotel, uh, but, you know, you got to get to the con. Sometimes you'll be outside the con a little, and and even that, if it's like 100 degrees out, can be tricky. So, um, but I will be at San Diego Comic-Con. Please, please contact me. Uh, If you are out there and you listen to the podcast, whether you're a listener or another podcaster, if you're going to be anytime, I'm going to be there from Wednesday to Sunday. I won't really be around much on Sunday because I'm going to fly back that day, but um, certainly full days for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Uh, Wednesday's a preview night, so it'll just be the evening, I think, at the con that night, Um, and uh, yeah, so you can always contact me, treksf at gmail.com. I've got that email uh, you know on my phone and uh, you can follow me on Instagram send me messages that way or or you know send me a message through Facebook uh, through our trex and sci-fi group. Uh, I'll probably put some stuff up I, I mean I definitely will put some things up there uh, patreon patreon.com forward slash forward slash trex and sci-fi I'll probably put some exclusive things up there for the patrons uh, supporters of the podcast so it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel like I am not prepared at all, uh, but, uh, you know, I've got my hotel, I've got my plane tickets, so the biggie things, the big things are are, are in place. So, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to seeing that event. Uh, I, I feel like one of two things is going to happen. I feel like I'm either going to go there and go, well, I did that, and it was a massive amount of people and crazy times, and I don't, you know, I'll feel like, well, I did that. I don't necessarily have to go every year, but... It seems like most people that I, I hear from, uh, like like Arnie and Marjorie over at the Star Wars Action News podcast, the you know really good toy Star Wars podcast, you guys should listen to if you're interested interested in uh, Star Wars toy collecting. Uh, they go like every year. They've gone every year for a long time. I mean, granted, they don't have children, uh, but um, and, and in my you know when my kids were a little younger that that's always a you know tricky thing. But I certainly did cons anyway then. But the, you know, I, so again, going back to what I said about one of two things, I figure I'll either be like, okay, I've checked that off the list and I don't need to go there again. Or I'll be like, oh man, that was so much fun. I want to go next year. Uh, I don't know. The other con thing to talk about, con, con, <laughs> the other con thing to talk about is Star Wars Celebration. Uh Oh, I, I should have mentioned this earlier in the show. I really apologize. Thanks again for Mark for doing another great guest spot last week. Um uh, but, um, the reason that popped into my head is, uh, well, there's a, a few reasons, but it, it, I'm spinning a little bit. I'm diverging, but the, um, Star Wars celebration, you know, we had, it was last year in Florida. I went with, um, you know, Jedi Jeff was down there and Joe from Canada and Chris from Florida. Uh, Chris had the easiest time cause he lives down near relatively near, uh, where the con was within driving distance, uh, easily. So, um, we went to Celebration last year, 2017, and it was they're not having one this year in 18, but they're having one next year in Chicago in April, uh, which is a great spot, a, a great um, place to have it. I feel, especially being a Midwest guy, but the um, they're sold, they sold tickets out like amazingly fast. Like Saturday, individual Saturday tickets for Saturday are gone. Um, the five-day passes are gone. I don't know. I haven't looked in the last couple of days. I don't know if any other days are gone. But with Saturday being gone, um, wow! And I didn't buy anything yet. And I do want to go to that because it's within you know it's about a six-hour drive roughly from my place, my house. And I know I know the area. I know Chicago pretty well. So because I was you know sort of living working over there for about a year, and my son and his wife lived over there for a while. So. Plus, there's people in the Chicago area I'd like to see, like Rick Pete And so all that, I really want to go. So my options are, you know, right now my options are basically, one, pay some scalper price of, for tickets. But the better option probably will be, and I managed to do this for the last year's celebration, is I am going to try to get a press pass. Um, those are not, you, you fill out applications for that kind of stuff, but you can't do it yet. They don't start taking those till. I think it's September, October, somewhere in there. I think it's October. So I'm planning on doing that. And if I get a press pass, I'll go. If I don't get a press pass, well, I'm probably won't go unless I want to pay, a, you know, an elevated price. I mean, the tickets are ready for just Saturday alone. Individual days are like around 70, 75 bucks each. Um, and you know, that's pricey. I feel, uh, I, I think, but, um, Hopefully, I can get a press pass. I got one for the last celebration. I know that doesn't necessarily mean you get one each time, but I'm hoping that gives me a little bit of an edge. Um, maybe I don't know. So, um, so that's my plan for celebration, and we'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, I really, really want to go. Uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. What at that point in time will we don't have a movie this this uh, Christmas, so we'll basically probably be in the same time frame range of things is like um, Last Jedi was where we'll probably be getting our first really good look at the movie with some of the people from the movie being at the con and all and all like that so uh, uh, be fun to see J.J. Abrams because he's uh, directing the next one and, and uh, episode nine I'm talking about and yeah so um, like to go hope hopefully I will uh, be able to do that so that's uh, yeah the con talk uh I, I could talk a little bit about television uh, but uh I there's nothing really super new <clears throat> excuse me uh Supergirl believe it or not is still running one more episode of that it got behind uh, cuz it was off the air for a little while uh, there's um what else did I want to mention about TV just a couple of things the Crazy Legion show is still bizarre oh they started that cloak and dagger series. I, I've heard kind of mixed things a little bit about it. I was never a big Cloak and Dagger comic book fan. I'll still try to watch it uh, sometime. Uh, but um, And then, oh, Preacher comes back uh, on the comic book front. Preacher's coming back in about a week uh, or so, so I'm looking forward to that a lot. That show is awesome, along with the comic, which is also awesome. Uh, I think we're good we're about almost 15 minutes into the podcast. Uh, I am going to um, take a short break, and then we'll get right into, I think, the uh, the, uh, the TNG episode, Lessons. I also keep... An, um, stay tuned. Uh, after the um, after we go through the episode, Lessons, uh, of TNG, I'm, I've got a special treat for you. Vartok sent in a uh, musical... Uh, look at the, the movie Solo, you know, he does that, uh, uh, a little music spot, talking about the music film, the Solo f- uh, Star Wars film, which is a great film, still in theaters, go see it, uh, I can't uh, emphasize that enough, I don't know, frankly, what's wrong with s- some people who are, you know, the, the the ones I really had the most problem with are the ones that are down on this movie before they've even seen any of it, uh, you know give it a shot, at least, it, you know, the, really, you know, go give it a chance. I, I I was talking to somebody about this the other day, you know, back way back in the day when I was much, much, much younger and going to the movies during, you know, the year, during the summer, especially you didn't have a, a, a movie coming out on video home, you know, video release, uh, in a couple of months, you didn't have Netflix, you didn't have all that. So you had to go see stuff. And, I still love the movies. Oh, I didn't even talk about Incredibles two. I, I I don't want to really say too much, and I already kind of teased something at the beginning about you know we we saw it yesterday and and, and I really liked it. Really, such a Pixar does an amazing job. The animation, uh, the story, the, the the voice work. It's a, it's a fun movie. I mean, obviously, if you liked the last one, and it's been a long time fourteen years between uh, <laughs> and there was a long gap between the Jurassic park movies too that between the first three and the, the next one that they did in 2015 and now this one in 2018 uh so sometimes giving a, a a thing a rest for a while isn't a bad thing uh but um but anyway um Incredibles 2 was really good and you, you should go check that out but uh, and and obviously go see Solo because like I said I like to see movies in the movie theater uh, I I i if it's something I'm interested in, I'll go to the movies. I'll support it at the movies and see it. Uh, people talk about there being too many superhero movies, or 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 maybe they're even saying now there's too many Star Wars movies. I know these two came kind of pretty close together, uh, but I think uh, I think it's it's well uh, worth seeing in the theater solo. I think they did a really good job. And we've had a podcast about that, so I won't say too too much more about it. Oh, one one kind of announcement, if you guys haven't heard. they It looks like a couple of the main writer-slash-executive-producer-type people. Um, oh, what are their names? It's Gretchen Berg and, and the other guy. The guys that were on After Trek a lot. Aaron Harberts. Herberts? Harberts? Harberts, I think. Two of them got let go from the Discovery uh, show, Star Trek Discovery show, and are being, um, you know, replaced or something's happened um, the um, it, it's really um a weird situation i'm not going to say too much about it you can look at trek core is a good trek news site other places online it's been pretty well reported it seems like there was some there were some issues within the writers room and some problems so um so that's going to change things up a, a bit but i think it's still going to be fine um, they're they're still you know still going to be a good good season coming up, uh, whenever that is. I I still don't think we're going to see it until early 2019. Uh, I I have a feeling it'll come early next year is probably what will happen. I don't, I don't think they're going to try to get anything out. Although I've heard they've got four or five episodes already filmed roughly. Um, it started back up in, I think April, uh, production on it. So, um, and they've, they've teased a few things. We've seen a little bit of what the, uh, you know, what some of the new looks for things are going to be. I'm not going to say too much, but uh, yeah, excited for that. All right. Uh, without any further ado, we're going to be watching uh, or listening. I'm going to be watching and, and listening, and you'll just be listening to the TNG episode lessons here on Trex and Sci-Fi. Let's uh, Let's play the show. all right and the bridge
1: actually good morning sir ship status is... no need to report i'm just here to do some work on my own aye sir i'd like to speak to professor moray at his archaeological site on Landris two could you put it through to my ready room i'm sorry sir but stellar cartography has requested a communications blackout while they run an experiment
0: how long will it be another three hours 22 minutes sir i can't override if necessary no it's not important I sir
3: So Picard's got his little uh, fancy jacket on, which we didn't see much. This is a season six episode, actually.
1: Computer, display the latest excavation schematics on Landris 2.
2: Library computer is temporarily offline. Explain. Library systems have been allocated to stellar cartography.
3: They need a bigger computer on that ship. <laughs> Oh, I finally see the Picard the crystal. Replicator systems
1: are offline at the request of Stellar, stellar cartography. cartography.
3: Holy cow. They got no communication. They've got uh, no computer. What could they possibly be doing down there? No replicators. So Picard takes um, decided to go down and check out Stellar Cartography, which this is the first time we see that in um, TNG.
2: In or out, just close that door. And don't move. It'll take a second for our eyes to readjust. Okay. Elevate to 3.2, Marquez. No, 3.2, Commander. Good. Good, we can do this. No, no, no. We're losing vertical alignment. Compensate. Compensate. Compensating. Gently. Gently, Marquez. Don't bump it. No. No, no, no. Hit, Hit the...
1: Forget it. Forget it.
2: Lights. Whoever you are, you just ruined four hours of work.
1: You might have taken the simple precaution of locking the door.
2: It's three o'clock in the morning. Captain Picard.
1: I assume that you must be Lieutenant Commander Darren.
2: Yes, sir. I'm sorry, it's just we weren't expecting anybody to be up at this hour.
1: Well, you're new on the Enterprise. You'll have to learn to expect the unexpected. That's why I put in for this assignment, sir. Excellent. Now, perhaps you can tell me what was so important that it required depriving the captain of his cup of Earl Grey.
2: Earl Grey? No wonder you can't sleep. Computer, bring replicators back online and give me a cup of Darren herbal tea blend number three. Hot. You shouldn't be drinking a stimulant at this time of night. I think you'll like this. I've programmed seven other blends into the replicator. <laughs> You're bound to like one of them.
1: look forward to sampling them.
2: <coughs> <coughs> I'm sorry if uh, the system blackouts were requested. inconvenienced you. We're taking very precise gravimetric readings. It wouldn't have taken much to throw them off.
1: What were the readings for?
2: I'm trying to construct a mathematical model of an emerging star system. If it works, we'll be able to predict the configuration of a star system that won't be formed for another two million years.
1: It's a long time to wait to see if you're right.
2: I have a few things to do between now and then.
3: All right. So obviously this is the, uh, you know, one of, one of the rare uh, Picard romance episodes... But there's more to it than that, and I think it's a good one, uh, especially um, in Season 6. So, not that Season 6 doesn't have good episodes. I'm trying to figure out, dialing down the volume of the opening here so I can talk a little bit about this. Space. Uh. So again, this is uh, from Season 6, Episode 19 of that season of TNG. It first aired back on April 5th, 1993. Wow, uh, what words. is that, 25 years ago? Oh, holy cow. And, and uh, it um, it was written by uh, Ron Wilkerson before. and Jean-Louise Mathias, directed by Robert Weiner. Weimer? Sorry, Weimer. Excuse me. Apologize to Robert. So... When I look for getting you know a TNG episode these days, and I've covered a lot of them, it's a little tricky. I, I, I zip around through the different seasons, find something that I haven't covered, find something that I thought was a good episode. Well, they're all you know good in their own way, you know, but they do have clunkers, and I don't mind covering those sometimes too. But this one kind of popped out at me. I think uh, in the recent show like Star Trek Discovery, there's a lot more relationship stuff going on, right? So this is a rarity a little bit when you think about it, because TNG did not really do that very much. I mean, there were relationships between the main cast and some other guest stars occasionally, but certainly Picard uh, and Patrick Stewart didn't have that happen very often. So we're back into this, and and of course the main guest star here is a big part of that.
1: Yes, I understand that it has some unusual radioactive emissions. Well, I'm sure that Stella sciences will find it a most interesting study. Commander Darren has already requested extra time on the main sensor array. Well, you have the bridge, number one.
0: Captain, I would like to remind you of our concert this evening in 10 forward. We will perform Chopin's trio in G minor. I'll be there.
3: The main guest star here is Nella Darren, uh, played by Wendy Hughes. The
1: upshot is that we'll be close enough for you to slip away for a few days and see Wesley. Oh, that's wonderful! Thank you, Jean Luc.
2: This is delicious. What is it?
1: Mm-hmm. It's a herbal tea blend. I um found it in the replicator files. Have you met any of the new crew members who came aboard to Starbase Two Eighteen?
2: In fact, I have a new nurse, Beck. He's an obstetric specialist.
1: I met the new head of stellar sciences last night, Lieutenant Commander Darren.
2: Yes, Nella Darren. She came into sickbay for a physical last week. I like her, very forthright.
1: Did you know that it is now possible to predict the configuration of a star system which won't be formed for another two million years?
2: Really? No, I didn't.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, it's really quite intriguing. The whole thing is made possible by a complex mathematical construct based on fractal particle motion, but that's only the foundation. The modeling itself is done by gravimetric wave input.
2: I see.
3: Hmm. Well, <laughs> Picard is, uh, you know, this
1: is all pretty dry
3: stuff. Obviously uh, a little the taken with her, Everybody's right? cup of tea.
2: I'm sure it's really quite fascinating.
1: You know, we should be getting along to turn forward. We're going to be late for the concert.
3: So, yeah, they're having a little uh, food here, and now they they redressed 10 forward with uh, data's coming in and another person. I'm not a music guy. You know instruments really well, but you guys have all seen this and you know. And, of course, now uh, Lieutenant Commander Darren is there. playing uh, piano. Data has a violin. Somebody on a cello, I think, is the other person. And Picard's just watching, smiling. The rest of the normal cast and crew are there. One of the tricky things about this episode, what I was reading a little bit of behind the scenes, was how they did all this stuff with There's a lot of music being played in this episode as it goes on you'll see more and none of these people play these instruments they uh, they have to fake it pretty well basically uh, even Picard with the good old Picard flute uh, is not uh, is not really playing so there's a little bit of body double going on stuff with people playing you know when they zoom in on on, on you know their fingering and things like that so. I a long time ago played a little piano, so I um I know how tricky that is and how tricky it is to um, to fake. But you know, not really. I think I just bumped the mic. Sorry. Not really the main thrust of this, but the music here being played obviously Picard is is super into it, and uh,
2: well done, Mr. Data. Well done,
3: Commander. That was a remarkable performance.
2: You are very talented thank
1: you i noticed that the applause this evening exceeded average decibel levels
2: well, i guess that means they enjoyed themselves
1: i think that much was obvious excuse me i have not yet congratulated Anson cheney i'll go with you come on you must have been playing since you were young i played the piano for a while when i was small but i didn't put in the practice you must have
2: well practicing was never my problem in fact my parents had to make me go out and play
1: i wanted to ask uh during the second arpeggio of the first movement, I noticed that you played an F minor chord instead of a diminished D.
2: You're a musician. What's your instrument? We should play sometime.
1: No, no, no. I'm I'm just an amateur. But your choice in that arpeggio was delightful. Not at all what one would expect.
2: Well, captain, now that I'm on your ship, maybe you should start expecting the unexpected.
3: <laughs> ah, tossed his line back at him. You know, so uh Good to see Picard, though, loosen up a bit, I feel.
2: I was hoping that my people in spectral analysis could have another few hours on the main sensor array.
0: I'm sorry, the array has already been allocated to engineering. They're running some warp field tests. If
2: we go offline now, we'll lose the gas flow pattern we've been tracking.
0: I understand, but there are other departments waiting to use the array.
2: We're at a critical juncture, sir.
0: Commander. I'll see what I can do to find you some more time tomorrow.
2: Tomorrow? Tomorrow. Thank you, sir.
3: She's not good at taking a, a no. <laughs> or you'll have to wait, kind of a thing.
1: Computer, pause playback. Come.
3: And I don't remember if if she goes uh, oh. I don't think she goes around Riker in this Darren. I don't remember if I she does. Don't
1: mind me, uh, dropping by like this. No, please come in, I'm delighted.
3: Uh, Picard's in his little casual little of the is there? green
2: it's, outfit.
3: Uh, Resican
2: I've never seen one before
3: They're not made anymore
2: Have you been playing long?
1: Um. Yes a long time
2: Love to hear you play sometime.
1: I'm not very good
2: (laughs) That doesn't matter as long as you enjoy it.
1: Yes, but I wouldn't want to inflict it on someone else (laughs) May I try? Yes, of course
3: So this, she brought in her, um, her little portable mm. keyboard thing that she has.
1: Uh, yes. You're, you're not holding it quite right. May I
2: please?
3: So, obviously, this is, you know, the Picard flute from Inner Light and all that.
2: You're you're better than you think. Really? We should play together.
1: Uh, there isn't a piano.
2: Ah, but there is. I picked it up on Madeline, too. It's amazing.
1: That is remarkable. Well, why don't you play
3: something? So it's a little fold-out piano thing. You start, jump in. It seems to me like in, in the 24th like? century why that that wouldn't be so surprising to people in. to have something like that. Um, I mean, didn't uh, they have that in the movie Perfect. Big?
2: <laughs> Go ahead. <clears throat> uh,
1: I'm sorry.
2: it's all right you're not used to playing with anyone are you
1: just the computer well,
2: i may not be as precise as a computer but i think you'll enjoy it more uh why don't we start with something a little simpler how about
3: just notice she has like a few different hairstyles in this episode too
2: Now let's have a little fun with
3: it. So this actress was originally from uh, Australia. I thought she had a little bit of an accent, but it's not strong.
2: Anything you want. That's wonderful. Keep going. definitely better than you think.
3: (laughs) So they got a big smile from Captain Picard there.
1: Number one. My fencing partners canceled for this afternoon. I was wondering if you wanted to join me. Fencing? Mm -hmm. I'm not really very good. It doesn't matter so long as you (laughs) enjoy it. Why not? (laughs) Good. Excellent. 1,400 hours then.
3: (laughs) Uh, Picard's like all bouncy, you know. He's like, dut, 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 you know.
2: You have a mild strain. I've been playing the piano a lot. I guess the captain and I overdid it a little last night. The captain.
3: Oh, Beverly's kind of got a little look uh, on her face.
2: Recipe, I think he said. Yes, but I didn't know he played duets. He never did before. He seemed to enjoy it. He's so actually am- quite promising.
3: I see. What I'm noticing in this scene a lot is how much these two look alike Beverly me, and, and uh, the new Lieutenant yes, Commander. Very long time. You know, they sort of have reddish Seems. hair, uh, about the same age. Somewhat
2: isolated. I'd say he's a very private person, but not isolated. There, that should help. Hmm, that feels much better. Thank you. Good. I was afraid I might have to cancel
3: and stay away from captain Enough picard <laughs> There's a little jealousy obviously coming out from Beverly there
2: Keep climbing
1: Where are we going
2: We're almost there
1: I don't see why we couldn't just practice in my quarters
3: So Picard and Darren are climbing up through some like Jeffrey's tube areas both in you know out of uniform <laughs> and sort of casual outfits uh and, and Picard's like well where are we going what's going on here there's like a matte painting behind uh
2: do you know where we are
3: Darren here uh, in this yes this is the seat.
1: fourth intersect in Jeffrey's tube 25.
2: no this is the most acoustically perfect spot on the ship. acts as a resonance chamber.
1: How did you find it?
2: A little exploring.
1: You mean to say that you crawled through every tube on the ship?
2: Well, not everyone. Try it, see how it sounds.
3: I like the idea of these little hideaways of the Enterprise and stuff because it gives it sort of some depth and and perspective and size when you have all this, you know, interconnected tubes and things. Plus, this is a nice scene, too.
2: That's beautiful. What is it?
1: It's um, an old folk melody.
2: I've never heard you play with such feeling.
3: This is uh, a good scene. It really, really fits. You know the timing. It doesn't go too fast. Plus, the other thing I like about this episode is its pace. It's paced nicely. We don't have a lot of stuff going on. You know, like in the background to let they let uh, Picard and this Lieutenant Commander get to know each other without a lot of drama outside of that. So now we're down in engineering, and Geordi is is hearing a little of the music flow through the ship.
0: Is there a problem, Jordy? I I hear music. Music? I do not hear anything. You sure? Hmm. I know I heard something. Hmm. Stop.
3: Yep, because they had a kiss now, so they're an item, right? I'd
2: heard about Karelian tenors all my life, but nothing could have prepared me for this man's voice. Soaring, incredible range.
1: Hmm. Wonderful. I understand that there are nuances that only Karelians can pick up. We just don't have the ears for it.
2: Hmm.
3: So somebody else
2: comes in the elevator.
3: Uh, Picard's a little more business-like, you know, when someone else came on because he's the captain, right? You know, and it's one of his crew that he's kind of fraternizing with, and uh, it's a kind of tricky situation. General. The Federation
1: outpost on Bursala 3 reports that they are entering
3: a period of firestorm
1: activity.
0: Bursala firestorms happen on a seven-year cycle. They're not expecting
1: any for another eight months. We don't rendezvous with Havana for another two days. That would give us plenty of opportunity to study this phenomenon. Helm, set a course for Vesalus 3, warp 5. Aye, sir. Counselor, could I speak with you in my ready room? You have the bridge, number one.
3: So anyway, uh, yeah, now they're going to get down, into Captain. another little story.
1: I wanted to talk to you about a matter of protocol. <laughs> I know there are no Starfleet regulations about a captain becoming involved with a fellow officer. But...
2: You would like my opinion about you and Commander Darren?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that obvious?
2: In a way that pleases people who care about your happiness, yes, it is.
1: But I have to be concerned about more than my own happiness.
2: And you think that your feelings toward Nella could change the way you function as captain?
1: Yes. Relationships with co-workers can be fraught with consequences.
2: That's true. But cutting yourself off from your feelings can carry consequences
1: that are just as serious. You see, Tell me what to do, I've Counselor. i believed that becoming involved with someone under my command would compromise my objectivity. And yet...
2: Captain, are you asking my permission?
1: If I were, would you give it? Come in. Bella?
2: Can I help you, sir?
3: Uh oh. Yeah. Alright, yeah, alright, yeah. I know. I'm really very sorry about what happened in the turbo lift. When
1: the crew member walked in, I felt very self conscious. It's going to take a while for me to get used to the idea of crew seeing two of us together
2: I understand now I'm glad you told me for a minute there I thought I'd misread you one kiss and you're off to find somebody else
1: I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships there is something that I want to tell you but not here Remember the folk melody that I played to you this morning?
2: Yes.
3: Yeah. Oh, the yeah. Uh, he's going to tell her. On a planet called Katan. What happened to him?
2: Never heard of it.
3: No, I'm not surprised. Its sun went
1: nova more than a thousand years ago.
2: I don't understand.
1: The Enterprise encountered a probe that had been sent from the planet before it was destroyed. And it scanned me, and I lost consciousness.
3: Sorry, you're going to hear some dogs barking, maybe. Uh, I think there's somebody at the door here, so uh, just so you guys know.
1: 25 minutes. I lived a lifetime on that planet. I had a wife, and children, and a grandchild. And it was absolutely real to me. When I woke, all that I had left of that life was the flute that I taught myself to play. Why are you telling me this? Because I want you to understand what my music means to me. And what it means for me to be able to share it with someone.
2: Thank you.
3: So they were in the uh, cards quarters, and a little more kissing, and uh, so uh, yeah.
2: Commander, I was hoping to talk to you about Ensign Cabot's transfer.
3: Quantum mechanics doesn't want to give him up.
2: But he wants to come to my department how do you know that i offered it to him
0: transfers are to be approved by me before any offers are made
2: i'm sorry we're just talking and
0: it's all right But Cabot should stay where he is
2: commander please don't make that decision final uh, i realize i shouldn't have made the offer but he's perfect for the job and quantum mechanics is overstaffed anyway
0: commander do you realize the position you're putting me in
2: well i I think I'm just doing what any good department head would do. Trying to build the best staff I can.
0: Look, I'll review the situation. I'll let you know as soon as I can.
3: Yeah, she's, uh... Yeah, kind of, you know, strong-willed, but, you know... Come. It seems reasonable to me, you know. May I have a minute? Yes, of course. Come in, number one. It's about Lieutenant
0: Commander Darren. As a department head she comes to me for systems allocation, personnel transfers, things like that. Well. I'm beginning to feel uncomfortable
1: with her requests. Because of her relationship with me. Yes, sir. Our requests unusual. No. Would you say that she's just trying to do her job? Yes, sir. Then let her do it, and you feel free to do yours. Ship's resources are your responsibility. I've always had absolute confidence in your judgment. Thank you, sir.
3: Yeah, Picard handled that well. You know, he's got a back Riker, and uh, that's that. I
2: can't believe I'm going to get the chance to study the firestorms on Brissalis. Apparently they're generated by particle emissions from the Brissalan sun. They cause a cascade effect in the planet's atmosphere that... Oh, I'm boring you.
1: No, no. No, you're not. Not at all. It's just that... Commander Riker came to see me this afternoon. About you...
2: About the personnel transfer. I thought he looked uncomfortable. He thought I was asking for special treatment. I was just doing what I thought was best for my department.
1: And that's what I told him. But we have to be careful. Obviously, it's easy for people to misunderstand.
2: I I don't like the thought of having to second-guess people all the time. I have to worry about what people are thinking about me I, i'll be concentrating on the wrong thing and i won't be as effective an officer
1: all i'm saying is that it's something we have to be aware of but you mustn't compromise yourself you must do what you have to do because if i find that my head of stellar sciences isn't being effective then i shall do what i must do and i shall replace her noted sir now i think that we should just forget about this and enjoy our evening
2: what about that special dessert you promised me?
1: Right. Now, this is something that I first tasted on Felka 4. Bridge to Captain. Go ahead, Mr. Wolf. Rosalish 3 reports that the storm has changed its speed and heading. They are predicting it will hit the outpost within eight hours and are requesting
3: evacuation. I'm on my way. Up. <sighs> oh. Got to cut the dessert. Captain's log, stardate 46693.1. We have
1: entered the Basalis star system and are making preparations to evacuate the Federation outpost on the third planet. Firestorm can kick up winds of over 200
0: kilometers per
1: hour temperatures as
3: high as 300 degrees C.
2: Incredible. What causes them? They form when solar flare radiation reacts with high energy plasma present in the planet's atmosphere. Wasn't the outpost constructed to withstand It's funny how stellar cartography is
3: now, like, the hottest place to be, right? <laughs> but, no ordinary know, storm. it's a TV it's episode. twice as
0: strong as anything they've ever seen. The outpost just won't withstand it. We'll arrive about an hour before the storm gets there, and it'll take us at least two hours to evacuate the colonists off the surface.
2: I led a team of geologists to study the plasma geyser on Milnos 4. Uh, we cross-connected a few thermal deflector units to create a protective shield against the heat. A firewall? Mm, would something like that work here? You know, it might. The
0: storm is approaching the outpost from this direction. If we were to set up a series of thermal deflector units along the northern perimeter, we could create a firewall and deflect some of the heat. The insulation from the outpost should be able to handle the rest. Thermal deflectors generate a field approximately 400 meters wide. We would need to cross-connect six units and align them so that the fields overlap. How many people would it take to set that up? 12, two per team. Cross-connecting that many units, it'll be a little tricky. Once they're set up, we'll have to leave the units in place and transport our people out. Nobody would be able to survive very long outside that structure.
1: <sighs> Let's do it.
0: The storm is going to interfere with communication. Everything will need to be coordinated from the surface. Mr. Data, you will coordinate the evacuation of the colonists. Doctor, there are nine patients in the outpost infirmary. Your first priority will be to get them to sick bay. After that, you will stay on board the Enterprise, be ready to receive casualties. Marquez, you'll take some people down and track the storm. All the other teams will need to be kept apprised of its heading. Commander, you'll be in charge of deploying the deflectors. Let's go.
1: Commander Darren about those thermal deflectors. There must be one of any number of people that coordinate their deployment.
2: I assume Commander Riker chose me because I'm the best person for the job. Didn't we agree not to let our relationship get in the way of our work? I'll be all right.
3: So now, of course, he's got to let her go into kind of a dangerous uh, situation. The captain, you know, one of his crew is going to got to do a job. And, you know, this happens and it works. You know, they uh, they have to let that happen.
0: Lieutenant Marquez is already set up on the surface. Apparently the storm is gaining speed. Oh, I'm disappointed the we to didn't see them in the fencing match. Henson, make sure you maintain a continuous of lock on all the way team personnel. We may have to pull them out in a hurry. Aye, sir.
3: I don't, I don't think like transporter lock center will center work center too center good, center right? All that storm going on? Energize. They already said communications would be messed up. So Picard went to the transporter room to see them all off on their mission. And he's like, ugh! Cringing already.
1: Mr. Wolf, how long until the storm reaches the outposts? 17 minutes.
0: A forced a bridge.
1: Go ahead, Mister Forge.
0: The ionization from the storm is interfering with the transporters, Captain. I'm compensating, but it's slowing things down a bit.
4: Keep
1: at it, Mister Forge.
3: So they're bringing up people from the uh, the planet. Some nice work here in the planet uh, set that they use. You know, you can really see a good look at this storm that they're doing, and they're putting up these deflectors. Record to Darren.
2: Darren here. Go ahead, Commander.
3: We've got less than nine minutes before the storm reaches the northern perimeter.
2: I'm here with team six. We're just about to bring the deflectors online.
1: Whenever you're ready.
2: Daring to perimeter team, stand by to cross-connect deflectors. by. Activate. Team three, increase your output by 0.2%. Yes, sir. Good, good. Ding. Decreased mutation by 0.4%. Good. We've almost got it. Crusher to
1: bridge. Go ahead, Doctor.
2: We just brought back the last of the infirmary patients, and they're on their way to sickbay. But we still have over 100 colonists down there. Understood. Darren, to Commander Riker.
1: Riker here. Go ahead. We've got a
2: problem. We're having trouble keeping the deflectors cross-connected. So the only way this is going to work is if we calibrate them manually.
0: If you stay with the deflectors, will they protect you in the storm
1: hits?
2: I don't know, sir. A few minutes, maybe.
1: Captain Commander Riker. How many more colonists do you have to transport? Seventy-three, sir. How long do you need? At
3: least ten more minutes.
1: Captain. The storm will reach the northern perimeter in four minutes. The card to perimeter, teams. It is imperative that you hold your position until we have finished evacuating the guard. The card, the card Miss LaForge? LaForge here. I want a signal lock on every member of the perimeter teams. Captain, the storm's interference As soon as the last of the colonies evacuated, I want those perimeter teams out of there. Is that understood? Yes, sir.
2: Down to perimeter teams. The storm's interference is gonna make our job harder than we thought. We may lose communication, so it's up to each of you to keep your units operational. People are depending on us! Darn out!
3: So she kind of looked up over a ridge storm there. Has and the and uh, they're looking, you know, she's looking right at the storm. I'm not sure why they didn't send a couple of shuttles down. Seems like that would have been a, a way to do this better. So now we're back in, uh, up in the Enterprise in Sick Bay.
0: I got out with the last of the colonists. If it hadn't been for the perimeter teams, none of us would have made it. We were able to clear out four of the teams and the interference prevented us from getting two more. I don't know how they could have survived. Which teams are missing? Three and six. The last I knew, Commander Darin, was on team six.
3: So Picard's in his quarters now, just kinda of sitting there staring off into uh space. Kinda of looking at uh looking at his flute a little bit.
1: Mr. Wolf. We have found survivors, sir. They are beaming up now. I'm on my way.
3: So, Picard's at the transporter room now. She's back. Of course, he couldn't really do anything, give her a hug, and it was like Captain's log, she's eight, four, bringing six, another nine, one of her team members two. aboard, too, at the Although same we time. succeeded
1: in rescuing all 643 Bursalan colonists, we lost eight crew members. Let the record show that they gave their lives in the performance of their duty.
2: When communications went out, I knew we had to fend for ourselves. He modified our faces to create resonant disruptions in the deflector field. The disruptions formed small pockets in the plane of the field, and we each stood inside one to wait out the storm. Richardson didn't make it. All Day and I could do was stand there and watch.
1: I'm so sorry.
2: Don't, don't, don't say you're sorry.
1: must have been terrible.
2: At first, when you told us to hold our positions, I didn't question it. Of course we would. That was our job. But when I saw that storm coming toward us...
1: part of you must have blamed me.
2: A small part, maybe. But in the end, I was more afraid that you'd blame yourself if I died. Would you
1: have? I've lost people under my command. People who were very dear to me. But never someone I've been in love with. And when I believed that you were dead, I just began to shut down. I didn't want to think or feel. I was here in my quarters And the only thing I could focus on was my music and how it would never again give me any joy. Then I saw you standing on the transporter path. And I knew that I could never again put your life in jeopardy.
2: If I stayed here, you might have to.
1: You could always resign your commission. Stay here with me.
2: And you could resign yours and come to a star base with me? (laughs) I'll apply for a transfer.
1: We could still see each other. People do. We could arrange shore leave together. And uh, for the future, who knows?
2: Of course.
3: But they kind of both look at each other and say like, yeah, that's not gonna probably happen.
2: Promise me something. Don't give up your music.
3: so what'd you guys think you like this one i like it i think it's you know it's a tricky thing to handle a love story on a on a television episode and star trek is certainly it's not a i gotta dial this down because i'm gonna play the next episode on netflix all of a sudden here in a second. Um, I think, you know, Star Trek, it's a very tricky thing to do it on on any television show. And and Star Trek is no exception to that. And I I think it was really handled well. Really, really, really handled well. Uh, One one sad, sad bit of news as I was researching this episode is the this uh, actress, Wendy Hughes, that played uh, Nella Darren in this episode passed away. Uh, She was only 61 uh, she passed away, uh, she had a battle with cancer, they say here on, on uh, memory alpha that I'm looking at. So that's kind of sad uh, to hear about, uh, but she did a great job in this episode. They both did, uh, you know, Patrick Stewart always always does a great job, but I, I really like this episode a lot. It was good to watch it again with you guys. But uh, All right, I'm going to play now uh, Vartok's uh, musical moment, uh, special uh, music look at uh, the movie Solo, A Star Wars Story here on Treks in Sci-Fi. And I will be back uh, just briefly after that to wrap up today's show. So uh, stay tuned here for some music from Solo with Vartok.
4: Hello everyone, this is Vartok again with another Treks in Sci-Fi Music Moment. One soundtrack and a few words. For today's moment, I'm going to talk about track number 8 from the latest Star Wars edition to the saga, Solo, A Star Wars Story. There are so many good tracks on this soundtrack, it was difficult to pick just one. I think that most fanboys and fangirls are aware that John Williams... America's composer, has composed music for nearly all of the Star Wars films since 1977, with the exception of Rogue One, which was composed by Michael Giacchino. Williams composed only the first track for Solo, with the title of The Adventures of Han, or should I say Han, like Lando Calrissian. The soundtrack for Solo, available on iTunes, includes 20 tracks, of which 19 tracks were composed by A-lister John Powell, whom I featured last December in Treks and Sci-Fi guest podcast number 664. I find it interesting that John Williams is listed as the primary composer for the solo soundtrack on iTunes, with John Powell second. I guess name value takes precedence. For a 2018 news article in Variety... John Powell noted that John Williams' involvement was actually a huge factor in my wanting to take this gig. I have such respect, perhaps awe is a better term, for the musical history of this series, that being able to have the film scoring equivalent of Yoda be part of it was a massive incentive, and an obvious advantage that I could not let pass. The actual experience of being allowed to see into John's process I couldn't imagine a greater gift. Here I believe John Powell is referring to John Williams as Master Yoda. In July 2017, John Powell was announced as the main composer for the score. He began writing the music in late 2017 after finishing his work on the animated comedy-drama film Ferdinand. In December 2017, John Williams wrote two musical pieces and combined them to create Hahn's theme. Powell then interpolated Williams' new theme into his score. Powell notes, I tried to keep in mind the DNA of how John writes, which is flow and polyphony and melody, and of course an incredibly interesting rhythmic use of the orchestra. He recalled visiting Williams and consulting his hymn by phone. He was incredibly generous and very trusting of me. John Powell incorporated a number of John Williams cues for six of the tracks as tie-ins to prior Star Wars movies, including the Star Wars main theme, the Rebel fanfare, the Death Star motif, and others. Regarding director Ron Howard, Powell noted he was a dream director for a composer. He is enthusiastic, he is clear, he is also very open and expressive about what each scene is about. Overall, he allowed me to experiment, and slowly we worked out what our style was, and how the themes needed to behave. Powell recorded the score with a 98-piece orchestra in March at London's Abbey Road Studios, but made a quick side detour to Sofia, Bulgaria, where he recorded a 36-voice Bulgarian woman's choir. He said they offered an aggressive and exotic sound for the marauders of the story to feel like a different culture had arrived on the scene. Powell had fun composing the song called Chicken in a Pot, as background lounge music for a scene with Han, Kira, and Dryden Voss. Powell wrote lyrics that were translated into Huttese, the strange language invented by sound designer Ben Burt for the original Star Wars trilogy. With so many great tracks to choose from, I picked track number eight, Chicken in a Pot for today's moment, well, because it's so different.
2: No No se da cucumbo.
4: You just have to know that john powell worked as hard and creatively as he could for the solo soundtrack how could he not when being compared to the great john williams and personally i feel john powell did a great job with this soundtrack well i hope you enjoyed this music and sci-fi music moment and now back to you rico
3: all right thanks hey thanks for our talk that was very cool thank you for uh that look at the music of uh, from Solo, uh, A Star Wars Story. And as I said earlier, please go see that movie. It's really good. Okay, so um, that's about it for this week, folks. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Hope you enjoyed looking at that or listening to the TNG episode and Vartok's music spot uh, and uh, the little jibber-jabber at the beginning of the show. Next week will be a guest cast, and uh, that's about all I got planned out for right now. Uh, again, thanks so much for listening. If you want to support the show, it's over at patreon.com forward slash, forward slash Trex and Sci-Fi. And, uh, that's it. I'm out of here. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening and downloading the show again this week. So uh, take care. Bye-bye.